0: On mypodcasthouse.com, you're listening to On The Grid with Tony Shabecki. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com. Thanks for joining us again this week. We've got a massive show coming up very shortly. We're going to chat to Stephen Grove about his uh, Carrera Cup year this week. Uh, this year, I should say, and uh, what a year it has been for him, not only here in Australia but also overseas. Todd Hazelwood to cover off on uh, V8s for us. He, was, of course, was uh, one of the drivers that uh, got to experience Tail and Bend on the weekend, and we'll also wrap up the weekend in motorsport. Let's kick it off with Todd Hazelwood. <laughs> For a quick chat after his home race, one could say is Todd Hazelwood. He joins us on the line now. Good day, Todd. Morning, Tony. Thanks for having me on the show again. oh uh, thank you for coming on board, mate. And uh, first of all, let's talk about Tailam Bend and your thoughts on uh, on the track, and just uh, what it has done for South Australian motor racing.
1: Uh it's an absolute gem for South Australia, and uh, it's very amazing to have this sort of facility. Not only, not only in the country, but you know, for myself being a proud South Aussie to have this in the backyard, it's truly really spectacular and I can't wait to see how it's going to keep flourishing over the next few months and after the success of a a great event just on the weekend.
0: The track itself, Todd, uh, happy with the way it performed over the weekend?
1: Yeah, I think uh, it did its job. It it created some good entertainment and uh, good racing, and I think uh, all the drivers enjoyed the challenge. It's one of those tracks where it's got every challenge possible, and from, from an engineering point of view, it's very tricky as well, so... Um, Yeah, great challenge, and that's what we uh, us drivers thrive on. And, uh, yeah, it's only going to get bigger
0: and better as years go by. It's sort of one of those tracks, isn't it? And having a chat to a lot of drivers over the weekend, uh, the normal driving style, I suppose, for most of you guys, it's fairly aggressive and you try to get the best out of the car and the track. Don't think that suits Talon, Ben, though, does it? It's a very free-flowing track, and it's not one of those ones where you can hit the accelerator, hit the brake, hit the accelerator. You've got to really flow through it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you really need a good car underneath you to be able to get the car to flow through the corner and, and being able to trust the car, um, to, to get through the corner nicely because the biggest thing over the we weekend was just the grip level was so low. So it was an odd sensation for us because being on a hard tyre doesn't offer as much side bite. Um, and then the combination of a high grip surface where the, where the contact, uh, contact patch from the tyre versus uh, the surface is very, is very strong, but there's not actually a lot of actual uh, layers of grip on the surface. So it created an odd sensation where we're creating a lot of grip on entry but they're not having the mid-corner support from the lack of, uh, I suppose, amount of rubber that's been laid into the circuit yet. So, uh, yeah, that, that presented the challenge within itself. It really caught a lot of us out, particularly early in the weekend. Um, you know, as you said, you know, we're, we're so used to being aggressive in the car and really attacking the corners hard on the brakes and, and really using the front tyres to wash off speed where we're essentially tippy-toeing out there and driving around you know 70 80 percent trying to just get a lap together which was uh, a challenge within itself
0: well todd uh, once again results probably didn't favor you this weekend once more and uh you've changed your car you've gone back to the uh the holden commodore vf which uh was successful for you in the development series a couple of years ago uh it's not about results, though, is it, at the moment. For you guys, it's about, and I've, we've spoken about this in the past, it's about making sure that everything is right for a serious challenge in 2019.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, we, we certainly didn't go on the talent band expecting to be right at the front, they're you know, making a mid-season change. And, you know, for us, it's essentially starting again. So everyone else has refined that package over the last six months, and, you know, we've, we've started completely from scratch again. So... You know, we, there's no silver bullet in this game. And that's why we've got the long-term vision of, you know, trying to prepare ourselves for 2019 and, you know, giving ourselves every chance of doing that. And, you know, for us on the weekend, we essentially use every session like a test, uh, as a test session, I should say, um, because we're just so limited with testing. We don't get, you know, major opportunities to, to, to do that sort of work. So we'll stand down and bath earth coming up. And we use every session possible to do as many cases as we could. Even in the race, we're making ride height adjustments and spring changes, you know, spring rubbers and all that sort of stuff, trying to manipulate the setup and try and work out what works best over the course of the race, as it's track stuff and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, the team's certainly constantly trying new things and you know, the results don't uh, look glamorous just yet, but it'll be only a matter of time before it all clicks and we can all start getting it all to come together and it will be happy days.
0: Would it be a fair enough question to ask you? Did you notice a difference between the the VF and the Ford in effectively consecutive races? The last race you were on the Ford, this race you were in the VF. Did you notice the difference between the two?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I noticed it straight away when I drove the car in practice one. Um, so yeah, there's there's a lot of good potential there of the car. I'm pretty excited about it, and um, I think I'm going to send down. You know, coming up next, a track that we know well. We've had good success in the past with the two with a a setup that we know works, um, you know, we I think we can go into sand down a lot more confident after the weekend's learning and seeing the potential of the car. And, and from a driver point of view, you always know when you've got something driving you. answer. I think that that potential is there. We just need to unlock it and get it right.
0: Was it just like catching up with an old mate, I suppose, where you sort yeah, of just the, pick up from where you left <laughs> off?
1: Yeah, it's just like getting back with an old girlfriend. I, I don't know. It's a weird, <laughs> weird sensation. So, uh, it was pretty cool to... Obviously, we had great success with the car last year and... Um, one serious series title. So it's pretty cool to, to get back in that car. And, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's going to be good things moving forward from here.
0: And then, of course, next year you uh, upgrade your Commodore to the, the latest model. The, the Was there an opportunity to do that earlier this year or did it have to wait till next year? Oh, well, look,
1: for us, it's uh, probably more of a business decision, you know, electing to keep the VF in its current state because Matt also has a, a business plan yep. of, you know, running that car next year in the Clip 2 Series and the ZB is el- el- not eligible. So um, there's no point spending all this money for, and then having a car parked in the shed that we can't use for on season. So, um, you know, we can't just keep throwing money at it left, right and centre if it doesn't make sense. So that's part of the reason why. Um, and we, you know, probably going to a track like tail and Ben where it is you know, probably more dependent on aero. Uh, wasn't probably a strong point for the BS. Um, but, you know, going to going to Sandown, I think, will be a lot stronger.
0: Uh, it obviously seemed, Todd, that drivers who had been to Tail and Bend in the past had a, a, a distinct advantage over drivers that hadn't, and I think we saw that with the two uh, Red Bull Commodores up the front. Both uh, Jamie and Shane had been there earlier in the year and, and sort of knew the layout. Was Is that a, a fair assessment of the, the weekend? Uh, yes and no. Um, I was quite fortunate
1: to do a hip a myself, sure. I think initially, yes, you know, in practice one for the first probably five or six laps of a few drivers that were just to be fair, just lost out there they didn't know where to position the car and you could tell that when you were behind them because they just didn't yeah, they were just driving awkwardly and you know, getting it wrong quite easily, so um, but, you know, with the the high level of this championship, all, all the drivers pick it up pretty quickly and um, you know, at the end of the day the, the pace was set by the teams who had the best car, not necessarily the drivers that picked it up the best, so um, you know, you just think it was pretty clear that there was a couple of teams that got their, their rollout set up pretty close. You know, you, you look at BJR, they were fast the weekend with all three cars, um, and, and obviously Triple Eight were dominant show a weekend. And, um, you know, then you look at a, a team like BJR, Team Penske, they, they they seem to notably struggle a little bit. So um, I think on a track like that, if you haven't got your setup quite in the window, you pay a big price. And that was uh, evident on the weekend.
0: Uh, was that surprising to you that... Uh Penske were Pensky DJR were sort of that far off the pace, especially early in the weekend.
1: Um, oh, look, I that's the beauty of a new track. There's so many variables, and you never know what you're going to turn up with. So, um, and and as I said, you make you make one small change, and you can find, you know, you know, you don't just find a tenth, you find half a second. Um, yeah. and that's that was the, the the biggest thing about that circuit being such long, loaded corners. Um, you know, eighteen corners long. It's uh, only have to find a little bit here and there and she adds up pretty quick so um yeah i think that that shows the beauty of that track and that's why it was such a large spread between the field uh, over the course of the weekend
0: so a real opportunity now to reset for the team as you mentioned earlier three massive races coming up of course Sandown a track you know quite well bathurst a track that you know well also and then and then the gold coast and the uh, three rounds of the pertech endurance cup what are you looking forward to the most over the next uh, three rounds
1: no, oh, it's, it's a very exciting time of the year, and I think it's an opportunity for a little team to get a to get a good result, especially with the longer races, more variables involved. And um, you know, I think it's shown in the past. If you can just keep have a good clean run and keep your nose clean throughout the long distance, you can potentially jack a nice result. So hopefully for us, we can have we've got a test day coming up next Wednesday. We're going to refine our package. Uh, we're going to get Bryce forward in the car to get comfortable again, and um, we'll. we'll Bryce and I have been working very closely to try and maximise this whole opportunity racing the Enduros together, and um, yeah, I can't can't wait to see it. And you know, more no, 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 no. importantly, be my first time as a lead driver um, in the main event, and yeah, that's pretty special for Matt Stone and I to, to do that together for the first time. Uh,
0: no doubt about it, and you're absolutely right. I think the the biggest advantage of what comes up over the next three rounds, especially with the Bathurst, is that. For teams that aren't in the championship contention, this is just an opportunity to, to walk away with some, some big pride, isn't
1: it? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it, it's a good opportunity to grab some good points, salvage some for us at the rest of the season, and, uh, you know, use that energy as a, a bit of a positive step to uh, go into 2019 um, ready to go.
0: Your fitness, mate, how's that all going? Uh, since the last time we spoke, I think you had those uh, the, the shoulder issue. How, how's that all come up?
1: Um, yeah, the shoulder's, uh, all good now. It's, uh, not giving me too much grief, which is good in the car. So, um, it's not, not a hundred percent. There's no question about that, but, uh, it's yeah, just managing it best I can and, you know, still doing a constant rehab and, and physio work to keep it loose and, and keep it mobile. Um, but yeah, you know, fortunately I've got it to a point now where the mobility is, is good enough for it to, uh, not affect me, especially long, in the longer races in the car, um, which is a blessing. And yeah, at this stage, I'll probably start to get surgery at the end of the season, but, um, yeah, fortunately, slab would do what I need to do inside the cabin, and yeah, not let not allow let affect my results.
0: I think I got paid the ultimate compliment uh, when we were up in Queensland Raceway a few weeks ago. We had a media go kart night on the uh, on the Thursday, and I've got a plate on my collarbone, and I think I might have jarred it a little bit, and it was actually quite sore on the Friday. And I rang up Doctor Carl and said that I've got a sore collarbone. He said, "Oh, good on you. Who do you think you are, Todd Hazelwood?" <laughs> <laughs> so I think there that we was go. a compliment. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been compared to a V8 supercar driver before. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, great to hear that you're fully fit, mate, and uh, and, and all that sort of stuff is, is working out for you. The team itself, and I, I know we, we spoke about this earlier as well in regards to the fact that it's all about setting up and, and making sure you hit the ground running at the start of 2019. Is it tough to keep the motivation, though, in the in the sheds when results aren't going your way week in and week out?
1: Oh, definitely. It, it puts a strain on everyone, I think, uh, you know, in this sport, there's a lot of limelight on the driver and and what the driver does on track. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a team effort. You know, there's and there's families involved. There's you know at the end of the day, where we work as a family, we spend more time at the workshop than what we do at any other place in, around around the country. So um, you know, everyone has to get along and and trying to keep that that positive vibe. It is you know it can become a challenge, especially when you're if something fronting week in, week out, you know, not getting the results that you want to get. And, you know, it is demoralizing for everyone because we'll put, put our heart and soul into this. And as much as it is a business, it's still, you know, we put pride on the line and yeah. we'll have a reputation that we want to maintain. And, you know, we'll, we simply wouldn't be putting in the hard work and hours if we, if we didn't want to do this. So yeah, look, it's, look, it's tough, you know, but that's all part of the challenge. You know, you have your, you have your highs and you have your lows and, you know, the biggest thing with motorsport is that you're probably going to have more lows than highs. So you've just got to, when you have the high moments, you've got to celebrate them and, 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 you know, cherish those moments because you just don't know when your next one might come around. And that's certainly been the case for us this year. We had, obviously we had a great run last year, but was probably seen at that lower end this, this year so um, yeah, it's just one of those things and that's a sport and it's you know, probably the most important thing is how you bounce back from that and that's kind of what we're doing now
0: yeah, Exactly right mate, well with that sort of positive attitude I'm sure things will turn around very quickly for you and the team and hopefully that is during the Pertec Enduro Cup Thanks again for your time Todd, really do appreciate it and always love catching up with you and we'll uh, catch you at a racetrack shortly No worries Tony, thanks very much for having me on the show once again and yeah, look forward to talking to you soon Good on you. Big Mate Racing's Todd Hazelwood right here on The Grid. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. Right, time to catch up with a man who's going to be running in his 50th Porsche Carrera Cup round at Bathurst in just a couple of weeks' time. And gee whiz, what a busy year 2018 has been for him. His name is Stephen Grove, and he joins us on the line now. G'day, Steve. Hey, Tony. How are you? Mate, I'm fantastic. Uh First of all, congratulations on 2018. You've been there and done that. You've run pretty much a full, uh, a full round or a full series of uh, Porsche Wilson Security Carrera Cup as well as adding three international races to your name as well over in Europe. But do you sort of sit back and think to yourself, my God, I am living the dream?
2: Well, definitely. Yeah, we sort of started the, the, the year off um, in Dubai doing a 24-hour race, so that was pretty exciting um at christmas time and then to go over and, and, and do a, a track like Monaco. i mean that's just an iconic track uh, it's a track that's only open once a year it's so, it has so much history with formula one and to be able to get on that track and and race a, a porsche over there was just fantastic
0: so what a massive year it's been it, uh let's have a look at locally first in regards to what's been happening here on on our tracks in our porsche wilson security career cup series and uh, I think it'd be fair to say it's been a, an interesting year for you. Sort of started off really well, and has just slipped away a little bit in the last couple of rounds.
2: Yeah, listen, it's 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 a very very competitive. I mean, I've been doing career cup. Uh, I did half a round in two thousand and twelve, and then my first full round, a full season, was in uh, two thousand and thirteen uh, to current. And this would be the most competitive season that I've seen. And it's not that there's. Three or four blokes at the front that, that are really quick. And then, and then there's the next stage. They're quick all the way down. So if you get a bit of a bump or you run a bit wide and, you know, four or five cars go through, it's, it's not that easy to go back and pass them. So you've really got to get everything right from quality, making sure that you're up the pointy end in quality, which gives you a good start, get a good start, get through turn one, and then you got to push on. So you've just got to roll with it it's, it's it's a very very competitive season like i said the most competitive season i've ever seen
0: yeah there's no doubt about that and of course you're in the tag Hoya pro category you've got the the pro drivers ahead and jeez i'll tell you what there's been a couple of great additions there as well hasn't there with uh, james moffat and dale Ward, and they've just lifted the standard up even further
2: oh they have i mean these are very very experienced guys i mean they're they're hard racers I mean, you go to the back and look at Moff's career and look at what he did in, in V8 supercars. I mean, he was the guy that was really hard to pass. He was the guy that was consistent and, and to bring him into our series, I mean, in race, uh, race one there at the bend, we were racing pretty well door to door for a bit. And it's good yeah. to have a guy next to you that you just know is going to do the right thing. He's, he's, he's not going to make a mistake and push you off. And, and, and we actually had a chat after the race and said, you know how much fun that was.
0: Steve, the pro-am category of Porsche Carrera Cup has always been sort of known as the, the gentleman category, you know, guys who are businessmen who love racing as well and, and do a great job of it. Is that still the same in 2018, or has it just got a little bit too competitive? Oh, no, it's, it's certainly, I mean, it, it's quite interesting when people say that, that,
2: that, you know, gentleman races like we, I mean, we do work during the week, all of us, but then it's not like we just rock up to the track on, on you know, on a Friday and put our helmet and our suit on and we go out and race. I mean, we're as close to professional as the professionals, except we have a full-time job. I mean, we have engineers. I study data and video, you know, a week to sometimes two weeks out. I spend time on a simulator. Um, our preparation would be the same as the professionals. It's just that we've got to try and squeeze it in. And it's just that we haven't come from, um, you know, 30 years of, of racing around circuits. We've sort of done it later,
0: later on in life. Is there, a, is there a time where you sort of sat back and thought, wish I wish I had have been a professional driver at some point? Well,
2: that's a very, very good question because that question gets asked a lot. But there's two sides to that. And the other side is, you know, all of us have, have spent majority of our adult life building businesses or building careers. Yeah. Um, so you sort of got to balance that, yes, if I had started a, a lot earlier – um maybe my career would have gone in a different direction but I, I maybe wouldn't have been able to achieve what i have uh you know in my personal life and that goes for all of the the am guys they've all built businesses or, or careers and it's important that you get a balance so i'm pretty happy with the balance um because i can go racing now and 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 i have um a crew behind me
0: one guy that's very close to your heart that uh hopefully will have a professional career down the track is young brenton he's uh going pretty well at the moment uh Doing his stuff in uh, the development series, and uh, has, has worked his way through the category as well. Yeah, correct. Brenton sort of made a decision late in
2: life. when he's only he's only uh, twenty one, but he sort of at sixteen he still wasn't uh, that convinced that he wanted to go car racing. So he, he really liked the engineering side. And he's very articulate when it comes to engineering. So he spent a lot of time with me through all those uh, teenage years, looking at data and working out car setup, which he's quite good at. And then got into a car and and was, and was was, was okay at it did a, did a good job and now he's really committed to the career so he's doing a fair bit of catch up uh, just trying to get that race craft he's certainly got the the setup knowledge and he's got the speed he just needs to work uh, continue to work on the race craft, which you know he's missed those formative years of, of go karting
0: Steve take us through your uh, travels this year as we mentioned you mentioned Monaco before you've had three races uh, through the Porsche Super Cup in 2018 tell us how that all came about and uh what the future might hold?
2: Yeah, so what we did is uh, I went back to 2016. Where I started to just do some events in 14. I did Le Mans, and then in 16 I ran with a a, a French team, uh, and we did Spa, which was fantastic. So we had a connection there, and then they spoke to me at the start of the end. Said they, you know, would, would I be happy to do three rounds this year? Which which I did, which was Monaco, um, Hockenheim, and Budapest with the same team. Um, so that's how that transpired and and that developed well. And we're still working on, on next year and, and maybe looking at potentially doing the full season, um, in Super Cup because they only run, they run, they've got to have a minimum five and a maximum of eight pro ams and the rest are all juniors. And the juniors in the team are are some of the best kids Mm. in, in motorsport. They're kids that are coming out of GP3, GP2 that aren't quite getting an opportunity in Formula One and they come back and do Super Cup. So you're racing at a very high level and, and, they normally team you up with one of the pro guys, the young kids, and you work with them and and they teach you so much and you look at the data and you really follow their careers so that's how it came about
0: The opportunity to race over in Europe the opportunity to race through Asia as well which you did last year also are opportunities that seem really limited to a a, a Porsche driver, a Carrera Cup driver it's been a a fantastic category in regards to giving people those chances we look at what happened to Matt Campbell and, and where he's at now, it you really picked the, you pulled the right rein, didn't you, when you came into, uh, into Porsche Carrera Cup? Oh, Porsche is fantastic. I mean, to go to Monaco, um,
2: it's very tight schedule over there. It's very tight track, but it's a very, very tight schedule with Formula One. So you've got to get straight into a car. Uh, and you've got one, one practice section, one quality session, and then you, you're obviously into the race. So, the advantage of being able to drive a Porsche, I mean, the, the Porsche I drove uh, at Monaco was exactly the same as the Porsche I drive here. In, in every single way, it was the same car. Um, so to be able to get into that car and get on it straight, away, I didn't have to learn the, the buttons, the steering wheel, the seat set up and all those things. So. Porsche do it unbelievably well. I mean, I've been able to do career... Uh, I've done a Japanese career cup round. I've done a, a French career cup round. I've done uh, several um, Asian career cup rounds. Now I've done Super Cup all in the same car. Um, and the pyramid and the way Porsche do it is is, is exceptional.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. Taylor and Ben, mate, on the weekend, a brand-new track for Australian racing. Uh, a good mate, Sam Sheehan, of course, uh, very heavily involved in putting all that together. Your thoughts on how it all went on the weekend?
2: Oh, Sam! Sam's done a fantastic job over there to build the track. The track's really, really good. Um, uh, it's a track that, that's very, very technical. Um, you, you really need to flow the car rather than the traditional, you know, accelerate, brake, stop, turn and, and pick up the throttle again. It's a really flowing track. Um, the, the facilities were fantastic and it's a real credit to what Sam and his family's been able to do over there and I'm
0: sure it's a track that we'll, we'll enjoy for many years. And for you, mate, a couple of, uh, I suppose incidents that uh, were beyond your control really didn't add to a, a great weekend for you yeah listen in, in um quality was a problem because we, we were
2: red flag so we only got one run in it so that was a bit of an issue and then race one the pressures over there you've got to run the tyre pressure's quite high over there higher than you would traditionally run anywhere else it, it, you just it's really hard to get uh, tied tyre temp so we sort of were out of the window in race uh, race one so that was a bit of a an issue and then i got turned around in race two and three so they're just things that happen at close-knit racing and the cars are all the same so passing is is something that's pretty hard to do you need to be fairly committed and in both instances were outside of my control but that's uh that's racing and you pick yourself up and get on to the next one the
0: good the good thing for you though is that uh, obviously the the championship's still alive and with two big rounds to come at iconic racetracks such as bathurst and the streets of the gold coast you give yourself a big chance wouldn't you
2: yeah, listen, Bathurst. I've done you know five years of Career Cup, and I've done five years of, of of the Bathurst 12 Hour there as well. So that's been that's been quite um, a good track for me. I really, really like Bathurst. I've been lucky to to do some rounds with Scotty McLaughlin and, and Earl Bamber up there. That just given me so much knowledge, and and you learn so much when you race uh, with those guys doing the 12 Hour with them. So I've picked a lot up from from what they've been able to teach me. So that's been really good. And Gold Coast is a track that, uh, from day one, when I started a Career Cup, I've always gone okay there, and I really like the stop-start, and I really like the, really the track, so um, and I'm quietly confident we can do a good job moving forward.
0: Running second in the championship at the moment behind Roger Largo. He's on 8.61. You're on 8.37, so a little bit of catching up to do, but as you said, uh, with six races left in the year, it's still, uh, it's still anyone's championship. But uh, You mentioned monaco before and there's a lovely story that i want you to, to uh, talk to our listeners about And it's uh, the track walk uh before you actually drove at monaco can you explain to us exactly what happened on your track walk yeah so we did
2: the track walk it's quite it's uh, it's quite busy and this is something I, I don't normally do and to be honest i've never done before so we did the track walk we went through turn one and we went up the hill to, and as we we're walking past the the casino up there, the famous casino in, uh, in Monaco, I said, well why don't we whip in and have a quick beer? So we whipped <laughs> in and uh, we had a quick uh, Heineken, I think it was we had a Heineken and looked at the track map and enjoyed the beer and then went back out and finished the track walk, so that's something I've never done before and probably won't do again, but it was uh, it was pretty special really, to be honest and, it's uh, such an iconic track.
0: I would have to admit that there's probably not too many tracks where there's going to be a casino that serves beer, so you'll you probably never get the chance <laughs> to do it again
2: Yeah, very true, very true
0: so, mate, uh, some interesting things, as you also mentioned earlier, that the, the possibility of you looking at maybe doing a full season in Europe next year. How much planning goes into that? And, not, and when do you start the planning? Have you already started putting the, the seeds down now for that? Yeah, listen,
2: being open and honest, we, we are working on that at the moment. It's really about logistics. It's so many races in Europe, um, so you've got to go backwards and forwards. The good thing is, is traditionally... That they're in blocks of two so your race the first race will be in uh spain i think i think from memory and then there's a week off and then you go back to monaco then you can come back to australia for three or four weeks and then you go back and do another race then okay. a week off and then another race so that's something the logistics that we're certainly looking at at the moment the, the thing i like about that is it just it's the next level i mean racing three uh races this year um the guys that you race against, are, uh, you know, some of the best AM drivers or pro AM drivers in the world, and, and it just takes you to another level, and it, it makes you prepare better, and you learn so much. And and to be at a Formula One circuit, I mean, the, the weekend's just really iconic.
0: You, as I said before, you, you live in the dream, and it's fantastic, and you, you know, you're doing what you want to do. But is there one thing that you would love to do in motor racing that you haven't done yet? Listen, I've been pretty lucky. I've done most of the circuits. Uh, the iconic circuits
2: around the world that you want to do. I think racing with my son uh, is something that, that that's pretty hard to do. The age difference, the, the, you know, the ability to have a uh, you know, father and son that can, can compete at a competitive level. So um, the, the 1st of December, we're going to do the Nations Cup, which is a, a race in Bahrain where they pick one team from each country. Um, so it's country versus country. So yeah. I'm doing that with, with Brenton. They only allow a bronze and a silver driver, so that suits us. We're doing it in a GT3R. Uh, so Porsche have been really helpful out of Germany to set that up for us, so that's that's probably more important to me now is to do as much racing as I can with Brenton why I still can and and why we're both competitive I think and before if he does grow his career before he gets away and doesn't want to race with me anymore
0: Well Stephen, congratulations uh, so far on your career as I said, 50 rounds coming up at Bathurst, it's a, a pretty big milestone for a, a Pro-Am driver. I think you're now listed number seven in the all-time uh, number of starts or round starts for uh, Porsche Carrera Cup drivers here in Australia. So plenty more to come, I'm sure, mate. We thank you for your time today and uh, look forward to seeing you going around to Bathurst and the Gold Coast and chasing down that championship. Thank you, Tony, and take care. Thank you. Stephen Grove joining us here on The Grid. <laughs> Time to go through some of the weekend's action and results for you from Taylor and Bend. What a fantastic round it was too, seeing the Supercars, Carrera Cup, so many other things there as well. The first sort of, I suppose, major national round, we had the Shannons there earlier this year, but that was very much a test round since then, about five or six months is gone under the bridge, and a lot of work has been done on Talon Bend, and they've got it just about right. Congratulations to Michael Armand, taking out his maiden Porsche Wilson Security Carrera Cup Australia round win, claiming a second race win on the weekend in race two, and that podium in the final race at the Bend Motorsport Park secured that for him, so that's a real great effort by Michael Armand, who uh, is just starting to come of age now uh, at the Sonic Motorsport team, in that Bob Joan team mart uh, Porsche car uh, of course he uh, had Dale Wood pretty much uh, right behind him all the way through and that was a good effort by Dale Wood also to uh, to take a victory as well there's also uh, good news for Roger Largo he took out uh, the second race for the Tag Heuer Pro-Aim category but at the end it was uh, Adrian Flack who had enough points and uh was able to take out, sorry, I should say, race three for Adrian Flack. The winner of the round was Anthony Gilbertson, and that was due due to consistency, finishing all three races with no DNFs. And, uh, yeah, Gilbo, well done to him. Also taking out his maiden round win in the Tag Heuer Pro-Am category. So well done to those guys at the Bend on the weekend. There were some other categories also racing there at the Bend. Tyler Everingham well, we know this boy from his Formula 4 days has made his way into the Kumo Tire Australian VA Touring Car Series and has wrapped up the 2018 Championship. Uh, swept the round, had a couple of hairy moments during the nine-lap season finale. The first came at the start when he was squeezed against the inside of the circuit uh, on the run to Turn 1 by John McCorkendale. And the two Falcons did make contact and then later that lap, McHawkendale ran wide at turn six, and they hit again. Uh, the leader's passenger side door, of course, that being uh, Everingham, uh, getting uh, just a little bit of a, a whack there. But well done to Tyler Everingham. That is a, a fantastic result for the young lad, and he finishes the season as the Kumo Tyre Australian V8 Touring Car Series. Uh, pretty much the third development level, I suppose. You've got uh, Super 2, Supercars, and then uh, Kumo. Cars are just old supercars. So these guys are are racing, you know, just cars that have been retired over the last uh, six to ten years. So doing a good job of it. Formula Ford, Hunter McIlroy has taken out round five of the Australian Formula 4 Series at the Bend. Good work by him, uh, winning both of Sunday's races to take out the round and extending his advantage now to 53 points in the process. So great work to Hunter McIlroy. Who, of course, is driving a Sonic Motorsport Formula Ford car. Can't understand that. Aussie Racing Cars 2, Joel Henrik, uh, Heinrich, I should say, completed a, a near perfect weekend for him in the Aussie Racing Cars. The South Australian added wins in races three and four to the two which he took across Friday and Saturday. So that's not a bad effort for him at all. Well done. To John Heinrich. And also the Toyota 86 Racing Series raced at the bend on the weekend and James Wilkins took out the third round of that uh, series, recording a fourth place finish in race three to go with his race win on Saturday and that uh, left him now 248 points from the round, so that gives him a nice big uh, whack in regards to the championship, so good work by James Wilkins we should also mention Formula 1 racing over the weekend, Daniel Ricciardo had an absolute uh, shocker, Sebastian Vettel had an absolute ripper too sure about an 11 second margin in a Formula 1 race, that uh, scares me a little bit that one car can be so dominant 11 seconds between Vettel and Lewis Hamilton, who was second, and then another 20 seconds away was Max Verstappen in third place. A minute away was Valtteri Bottas in fourth place. Fourth place a minute away from the winner in Formula One. That's a big red flag for me, a big, big red flag, even though we did lose a couple of uh, guys, Kimi Räikkönen early on, Daniel Ricciardo, but he wasn't doing much anyway. He had uh, he had some severe issues, Ricciardo through the race, so yeah interesting scenario in Formula 1 at the moment, Uh, Fernando Alonso of course coming out a week or so ago and stating that uh, Formula 1 was pretty boring and he sort of got a nod of approval or a nod of agreement I suppose from the uh, F1 bosses but they did say that they're trying to fix that, well let's hope they do because seriously we don't want 11 seconds and 30 seconds between 1st, 2nd and 3rd and a minute between 1st and 4th In Formula One races, again, that's just not good at all. All right, well, that pretty much wraps up our weekend of motorsport. Hope you've enjoyed our chats here with Stephen Grove and also Todd Hazelwood. And we look forward to joining you again next week right here on The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com.